We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 390 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Andy Herman. I am a writer for Cheesehead TV. Of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at Scani Sports. Before I quickly jump into today's show, I do want to let you know that we are being brought to you today by our friends at the Ticket King. If you are looking for your perfect tickets to see the Packers play this season, Ticket King has you covered. Make sure to head over to theticketking.com. Find your tickets, make your purchase using promo code Packaday. That's Packaday, all one word, no spaces, and you'll get 10% off your order. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to secure your seats at 10% off. And a huge thank you to our friends at the Ticket King for supporting the show. With that being said, today I am joined by a very special guest, making her second appearance on the Packaday podcast. My guest today is Lily Zhao, who is a sports anchor and reporter for WFRV TV here in Green Bay. She is the host of Green Bay Nation, a known Florida Gators fan, and one of her absolute favorite guests here on the podcast. Lily, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Andy. I love uh, the pump up I just got, so I'm super excited to be on. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, you bet. So uh, this is always great. I always love touching base with you. We'll touch base on a little bit of Green Bay Nation later on. Super pumped to be doing that again this year. But let's jump in right away today and start by discussing today's practice. So, of course, the big story, no Aaron Rodgers uh, being held out for precautionary reasons or so they say. Um, But with that came a very disjointed practice overall. And basically everyone that was there to a T noted just how much the Packers struggled on offense. So let's start there. What were your overall impressions? of today's practice it was the fact that if you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and he's not playing the guys behind him you're expecting to see a little bit more with Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle even Manny Wilkins you're expecting to see a cleaner practice I mean they've been doing this for a couple months now this is kind of the third full week of training camp and as we head towards the third preseason game which is crazy to say that we're you know kind of more than halfway through the preseason or through uh, training camp and the preseason, that you wanted to see more growth out of these guys and less sloppiness. And I know kind of one of the trivial things that we kind of noticed uh, as the media, I'm sure you did too, Andy, being there, was that there was no music. You know, there was no energy. And you kind of don't want your head coach to say three weeks into kind of the preseason that he's still looking for more energy out of his team. And that's kind of what was lacking today, especially on offense. And you can kind of tell Mike Pettin's guys had a lot of fun considering – They had a lot more energy and juice today. There are a lot of broken passes that we saw pick uh, by Tremont and also Tony Brown. But I I think kind of what was really disappointing today was that this far into the offseason, into the preseason, there hasn't been much growth in terms of the back of quarterback situation, which I know kind of will scare a lot of fans. You know, they kind of want to put bubble wrap around Aaron Rodgers in case anything happens. Again, he is out with that that back tightness. So, and it's also kind of, you know, we're, we're going to wait and see, obviously, if he does practice tomorrow and how that kind of hinders his playing time, if at all, on Thursday. But that was kind of my general takeaway with the offense. Very, very sloppy today. Uh, hopefully it gets better tomorrow. Yeah, I think those were uh, kind of the shared observations by a lot of people today. And, you know, I'm curious, did he make mention of anything after practice of as to why there was no music being played at all? Because I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, so he basically said that he wanted, uh, just in terms of he wanted more he wanted the guys to really hear him more and he just kind of wanted to just kind of tone it down and be able to call plays like he wanted to. So he kind of just attributed to, you know what we want. It was just an easier thing not to have music, even though that that has been his thing, deafening music throughout training camp, but he didn't make a big deal out of it and just said that, you know, I just wanted these guys to hear my plays. So he didn't. Yeah. I was wondering that. Yeah, I was wondering if it was kind of a communication thing, because there did seem to be a little extra communication going on today. And uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think from a, a backup quarterback standpoint, and I think it's always you know fair to note, first of all, that there's like, you know maybe three to four you know solid backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And, uh, you know, not having one is is the norm. Um, however, that being said, uh, they gave up, you know, a fairly significant player in Demarius Randall to, to trade for Deshaun Kaiser in one of Brian Gutekunst's very first moves as general manager. Uh, they basically kept Tim Boyle last year as a red shirt season because they thought so highly of him, uh, basically taking up a full roster spot for the entirety of the year and kind of playing a player down because they thought highly enough of him and didn't want to uh, put him through waivers and risk losing him. So uh, the the, the fact that in, in last week's preseason game and, and kind of through practice today, uh, that again with Aaron Rodgers being out, that it, it was that disjointed was a little bit disappointing to say the least. And I think when you when you go into a backup 
quarterback situation when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. You're not necessarily looking for somebody who, if, if Aaron Rodgers is out for the year, for example, knock on wood, that they're going to come in and lead your team to the Super Bowl or be a playoff team. If he's out for a significant period of time, everyone knows kind of the season's on ice at that point and you're playing for the next year. That being said, the goal is if 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 Rodgers is out for four games, for example, can they go two and two? You know, can they kind of keep the the boat afloat a little bit and try to keep at least five hundred, so that if you win the majority of your games with Aaron Rodgers, you're still in a you know a, a situation where you can compete. And right now, if if you are four games with Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. I'm not sure that it matters too much which teams that you're playing against. I have a feeling that they're going to be underdogs in probably all four of those games. Yeah, and exactly. And we have to kind of see how that back tightness goes because if we look at that, you know, the first five games of the season, those defenses that they have playing are, are very tough. So you don't want anything really to happen to, to Rodgers early in the season because you could be looking at like a one and three hole, which is not kind of how you want to start the year. And I know we kind of had that experiment with Brett Hundley. You know, could he kept, could he keep the team afloat? And, you know, kind of at the end there with that Panthers game, he got them there and then they lost with Rodgers coming back. So I know fans don't really want to see deja vu in terms of that. But, yeah, the, you make a good point, Andy. It's like when you have a backup quarterback, you just want them to do enough to when your star quarterback comes back that it's very manageable for the rest of the year. Yeah, totally agree. And it's uh, certainly been something to, to keep an eye on going forward and certainly been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Uh, speaking of extra communication at practice today, uh, Matt LaFleur had one of his more vocal moments of the the training camp and and, and really uh, his time as coach in Green Bay so far. Uh, the very first play of team activities, uh, Dexter Williams lines up. It sounds like he missed an assignment. Uh, it was a red zone situation. Uh, also, Tim Boyle, on, I thought on the play, made a really great read and throw to fit it into Dexter Williams in the back of the end zone. And Williams drops the pass in the back of the end zone. Wasn't an easy play. It sounds like LaFleur was much more upset with him uh, based off of an assignment issue more than him actually dropping the pass in the back of the end zone. But of course we know drops have been an issue for him right away. And LaFleur went off. I mean, he was, if, if you kind of remember the uh, Mike McCarthy picture of him bright red you know, yelling at the referee from last year, that was kind of Matt LaFleur today uh, going after Dexter Williams and, you know, completely pulls him aside and, and takes him out of practice and kind of lambasts him in front of everyone. So I thought that was the most vocal that we've seen Matt LaFleur so far yeah that's right and the thing he's been so even killed so far this season or this off season that you know it's kind of sho not shocking but you're like whoa that's a little out of character but it's nice to see your coach kind of have some fire under him he wants that energy but you know his running game has to be good because the run game will predicate how well he does in the passing game and if these guys aren't going to be able to know where their assignments are or know how to block and all that he's not going to be happy with it especially with as we can't really kind of gauge how it's going thus far, obviously, with Aaron and, and Jamal, the two main guys. But I know he expects a lot of Dexter, the rookie, and it's going to take some time. But like you mentioned, drops have been a really big problem for Dexter so far this, this preseason. And I'm hoping he gets better at it because this is a time to shine, especially with Aaron Jones. He didn't play last week. It sounds like Jamal will not be playing on Thursday. Not sure if Aaron Jones will get some playing time finally. But, I mean, you – as a guy like Dexter, you got to kind of take your reps and your opportunities and shine with it. And he's kind of had some struggles the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, and I think I noted today, I think that uh, Dexter Williams has had the most Jekyll and Hyde camp of almost anyone that I've seen so far. And the talent is so ridiculously evident. I mean, some of the plays that he makes behind his pads, it's funny. There were a couple fans next to me today who were kind of commenting and it was just, you know, kind of casual fans. And they're like, wow, Aaron Jones looks really good today. And <laughs> it was it was not Aaron Jones. It was Dexter Williams. And he just has that burst. We've seen him in preseason make a couple plays where it's just one cut and upfield and yet you it, again you don't have to be a, an NFL scout to see the talent that he possesses but at the same time the drop passes the missed assignments the blitz pickups the uh, you know just catching simple passes in the backfield like those are the things that he has made mistakes on very similar to kind of a Jamon Moore you know preseason from a season ago and, and to be fair kind of a, a Jamon Moore preseason from this year so far as well but you you see the talent and I think that's why he's so much getting after Dexter Williams in a situation like that is because he has the talent to succeed in this league and be a good, very, very good player in this league if he can put it all together. But it's very evident that it's not there quite yet. Yeah. And the thing that I guess is good for Dexter is that your coach is getting on you like that. It means he expects a lot out of you because, you know, as a player, I would say, hey, get on me versus don't even notice that I'm there. So it's a good thing that LaFleur is getting on him because like you mentioned, he sees the potential that this guy has. That's why they drafted him. Um, But I mean, this this game on Thursday is going to be a big test for him as well to see if he can kind of get all those missed assignments and not drop any passes and moving forward, like if he can be that third guy behind Aaron and Jamal. Yeah, and, and kudos to, to Matt LaFleur, like you mentioned as well, because uh, that I, I would say that he leans more a little bit on the side of being a player's coach than a guy that's going to, you know, lambast people or, you know, run people through, you know, uh, super intense practices or things like that. I think he definitely leans on the side of being a player's coach, but I think it's a very fine line in those situations where there are times and places where you need to get after people and discipline them. And he showed today that he's not afraid to do that. So kudos to him as well, kind of, as you mentioned, uh, a couple big plays today. Uh, Tremont Williams had the interception, as you noted, Kaiser hit MVS on a big play downfield. MVS has kind of had a very quiet camp up to this point. So it was very nice to see him uh, get that ball, but not, not only that, but Kaiser uh, hit on a downfield ball as well, which is something that he struggled with. And then, you know, Tim Boyle had, a, a really nice throw, uh, really the first good play of, of practice for the offense today when he hit Devontae Adams. That was actually his first rep that he got with the ones today with uh, with uh, Rodgers out. Kaiser was taking most of the snaps with the ones, but they gave him an opportunity to run with the ones. And on his very first snap, again, it, at the time it had been the best play of the day, hits uh, Devontae right up the sideline to kind of get the crowd and the offense back into things a little bit. But any other things or plays that stood out to you at practice today? Um, you basically covered all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but uh, I will say, it, it kind of made me laugh, though. I forget which receiver caught the ball. But what I can tell you is, is this, this defense is having fun. I forgot who caught the ball, but it, they kind of ran to the sidelines and Blake Martinez punched it out. I don't know if you saw this. He celebrated like he got a turnover. Um, <laughs> but I that, did not that see made that. Us, yeah, that, that kind of made us laugh. Um, but I just, with the defensive juice, I know Coach kind of mentioned, you know, during the game, there were opportunities to get interceptions, to get takeaways, and, you know, you dropped a ball or whatever, and you said you liked the fact that Tony snagged that one, that Tremont snagged, snagged an interception. Um, the defense is playing with a lot of juice. I know Aaron Rodgers has mentioned it in the past, but just the energy from that side of the ball is very evident, and it's going to be really exciting to see kind of what they do throughout the rest of the preseason. Um, but that's kind of what I noticed today in terms of that. But then also Jimmy Graham, 
looks like he jammed his finger. There are no, really no updates from LaFleur on how he's doing, but that would be a really, really bad thing if if it's his thumb. As we all know, you can't really not play with without a thumb. Um, so Jimmy Graham, I think one of the most no, the most well notable injuries of today. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, Jimmy Graham's okay. Uh, having the finger injury last year, uh, you know, kind of affected him. So hopefully it's nothing too major and he's able to bounce back quickly. I know Jay Kumaro's already, uh, you know, has a finger issue as well. So he's been able to play through that just fine. So hopefully it's something similar and he can get back on the field. Because uh, I know Green Bay is obviously hoping for a very big, big year from Jimmy Graham and that he's going to be a, more of a focal point of the offense this year than he certainly was a season ago. All right, so moving on a little bit, you know, past today's practice, uh, tomorrow is the last day of open training camp to the public. So we've now had rookie mini camps, OTAs, mini camps, training camps, family night, two preseason games. And of course, you know, it's not like training camp's over. They still have uh, a few weeks left of practices. And of course, you've had the two preseason games left. Uh, but usually that fourth preseason ge- game is a lot of players that aren't going to be on the team playing a lot of minutes. So we're getting to the close of this, Lily. And and with that being said, I, I want to start by asking you, what What's been the biggest difference that you've noticed from the Mike McCarthy uh, era and kind of covering the team last year to the Matt LaFleur era so far this year? And what's been your impression of Matt LaFleur as a whole so far? That's a good question. I would say if you're looking in terms of the black and white, it would be obviously the time of practice. The length is a lot shorter, but, you know, LaFleur has mentioned multiple times. Yeah, my practices might be shorter, but I feel like we get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time. So they're more efficient with their time and how they run practice. Um, the live tackling, he's not a fan of that. Um, I know there are a lot more, ta- I feel like there are a lot more tackling drills with McCarthy, but uh, LaFleur said he just doesn't like when guys take each other down to the ground. Um, I will say that the music, it's a lot louder. It's played <laughs> a lot more often <laughs> than uh, the Mike McCarthy days. Um, I know Bears fans are probably wondering why they don't practice as long, but I, for members of the media, we do appreciate a shorter practice. So <laughs> I'd say that's kind of the biggest draw um, or difference from Mike to uh, Matt LaFleur. Um, he's a very even-keeled guy. I think he's still getting used to the media in terms of how to answer questions. Like I think he's one of those guys that he knows what he wants to say, but I don't think he wants to be like a headline every day for saying something too crazy. Um, but he's getting better with the media. He seems very even keeled. Like you said, he seems like he's more of a player's coach, though he can show he's the coach coach because um, he's had a couple practices where he's been pretty feisty and pissed off that his offense hasn't been you know, executing at the level that he wants it to, to be. But um, so far, I mean, I like him. I think what is going to be really telling is how does he do this first year in terms of wins and losses because we can like him as much as we want, but is the product going to be there? Can the offense run smoothly, particularly if Aaron doesn't play in the preseason? Um, so that's kind of my couple takeaways from that so far. Yeah, and I think, you know, from an offensive standpoint, it, it's tough to really gauge where this offense is at because it, it, they just haven't had a ton of time all playing together with everyone on the field at the same time. Um, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams were out for a huge chunk, uh, which I think really affected the running game, which in effect is going to, of course, affect the passing game, both in preseason uh, and, uh, of course, even just in practices and some of the practices against the Texans. And then, of course, you know, Rodgers misses, uh, you know, preseason game two, and then he's been out today. So, so uh, it's just tough to tell because I don't think the uh, the offense has had a ton of time to work together 
together. And, and of course, in a lot of these situations, they're showing, you know, 15% of what they're actually going to be doing on game days too, going fairly vanilla in a lot of different situations and scenarios. And I think the thing that we're going to really find out about, about Matt LaFleur is what happens when there's adversity. And until that happens, I think it's still going to be, uh, you know, uh, up for interpretation of how people view things are going. I, I'm super impressed with everything that I've seen so far. Um, you know, the, you could nitpick things here and there, but I think for a rookie head coach, he's far ahead of what I would have expected. Uh, and especially for somebody who's never been a head coach at any level before, uh, again, just super impressed overall things. Of course he can work on, uh, like you said, some of the stuff with the media. And I just think, um, you know, there were a couple of time management things that I've seen in preseason, some things that I'm sure he'll get cleaned up over time, but I'm excited about it. But again, until we see that adversity, until they get punched in the mouth, until, you know, Rogers, maybe, you know, vetoes or is upset with a play call in, in two minutes that could potentially cost them a game. How do they respond to some of those situations? I think that'll be much, much more interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just how do those two, I know the, the whole audible thing was very much a topic of conversation this off season. I want to see how that shakes out. And obviously we're not going to know how that shakes out until they have a couple games under their belt, but I'm just, I'm intrigued to see everyone wants to know how they're doing and Rogers says we're doing fine. We get along. We like each other. We're communicating. So I'm just intrigued to see how that relationship really builds throughout the year. Yeah, and I think all the signs are pointing very positive so far. But like I said, like I said, we'll see what happens when there's adversity. Um, let's talk about the the standouts and the biggest disappointments. Again, tomorrow's the last day of open training camp. Uh, we're two preseason games in. Who have been your biggest standouts and your biggest disappointments of training camp so far? I would say. <laughs> The biggest standouts thus far, and I know I don't, everyone's heard their names uh, in the wide receiver room, Alan Lazard, Darius Shepard, Jay Kumaro, like we know everyone loves. I'd say those guys on offense have done fantastic so far this training camp. Elton Jenkins, I think, has done very well as a rookie as well. On the defensive side, I would say Darnell Savage has shown flashes. Um, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, even though I know he hasn't been on the stat sheet the last couple games, um, I think his impact has been made not or not on the stat sheet. But I think those guys have really stood out to me. And, and I know Devontae Adams had a great quote today in the locker room talking about Darius Shepard, who, like we know, is making an impact, obviously, on special teams. And that might be one of the big reasons why he makes the roster. And if he impresses a guy like Devontae, I know Adam or Aaron Rodgers has talked very glowingly of him as well. Um, he's got a good shot. But I think the biggest disappointment Jamon Moore, I know we've talked about him at length, and everyone really has, is that he has the talent. He knows he has the talent, but I think he gets in his head too much, and that's where we've seen the drops happen. He didn't have a really good practice today either, dropped a couple passes as well, and some were very catchable. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's by far I think, the biggest disappointment because you were kind of hoping this would be the year where he could show, hey, I belong with these guys because Marquez and Equinemius have gotten more playing time, obviously, with the ones on the field with Rodgers and Jamon was that guy that was kind of left behind. So I think he's by far is my biggest disappointment. Yeah, that's who I had on my list as, as biggest disappointment as well. And again, two drops today, uh, just kind of solidifying that even more. It seemed like, you know, he had the rough preseason game one and then he caught the touchdown at the end. Even that was a little bit of a, a bobble before he hauled it in or at least a double catch. And then it seemed like, the, you know, came into practice the next day, a little bit more motivated. Matt LaFleur praised him and it, it felt like maybe he had turned the switch on 
does absolutely nothing. It doesn't even get targeted in preseason game two. Not, not that that necessarily is the be all end all sometimes, you know, with the, with backup quarterbacks and the offense, it just doesn't come your way, uh, but no targets in game two. And then he has a couple opportunities at catches today and can't come down with either of them. So it's just been that type of career thus far, as short as it's been for Jamon Moore and, and certainly disappointing Jimmy Graham, I would say a little bit as well. Um, I just don't think he has been quite as involved uh, with this new offense as I I think maybe some were hoping, but uh, I still think it's very early in that progression. And hopefully the, hopefully the thumb or finger injury, I guess, uh, you know, doesn't end up being too much and hopefully you can get back out there and, uh, you know, get it on the same page with everyone else from a, a standout standpoint, uh, Zadarius Smith by far and away has been uh, my biggest MVP. I think of everyone at camp so far, not only for the fact that he's getting to the quarterback daily, like multiple times, he's holding up well at the point of attack. But also, he seems to be very involved in this team as a whole. Uh, even when he hasn't been playing, he's been kind of rallying around guys. You heard the story of Rashawn Gary calling him, uh, you know, trying to get more tips. And he seems to be mentoring Rashawn Gary as well. And uh, so I, I love that fact. And then on offense, kind of for a similar reason, and these names aren't going to shock anyone, but, you know, just David Bakhtiari and Devontae Adams, not only, again, are they having phenomenal camps, but both taking on larger leadership roles and really mentoring people, not only at their position, but sometimes at the positions across from them as well. And it's just a little attention to detail things. Um, I've said this before, or maybe at least I tweeted it before, but if you ever get a chance, and I'm sure you've seen this too, like just everything that Devontae does in practice has a purpose to it. Like you'll see players during uh, like stretch and warm up sometimes just kind of a little bit more aloof or not taking it quite as seriously. Like he is going hardcore with pretty much everything that he's doing and doing it to the best of his ability. And it's just that attention to detail that you really see stand out. So uh, those have definitely been some players that have caught my eye. Yeah. And the thing is that you mentioned, Andy, the Devante's uh, attention to detail. I know Aaron kind of talked about it in uh, one of his uh, post-practice scrums is that he mentioned you know, he's kind of noticed a bigger leap with Marquez in terms of how he practices because he's been practicing like Devante practice, like Jordy practice, like Ryan Graham practice. And that was just being able to finish and practice and not just kind of take some plays off that just you go 150% every single rep that you get. And Devante's proven that he's still a Pro Bowl receiver. It's expected. He's the leader and he's dominated, really. And it's been good to see him getting reps against Jair Alexander because if he wants to be an all pro, you got to go up against a guy like Devontae and you got to win. Um, and Bakhtiari, like you mentioned, the leadership thing, I've seen him mentor Tanya and I've seen him mentor his other offensive linemen. He's just a guy that's been in the league for so long and he's got a lot of things to say and a lot of things that people want to hear. And I mean, they have all really done well with the leadership role and that's what you want to see from your vets. Yeah, absolutely. He spent a lot of time with Alex Light as well. So uh, awesome to see from from all of those players. Well, you brought up a little bit about Darius Shepard already. I want to quickly touch base on two undrafted free agents. It seems like every year there's a couple undrafted free agent guys that, uh, you know, kind of catch our eye and, and we get kind of super excited about it. And it seems like this year it is Darius Shepard and Curtis Bolton. Uh, Curtis Bolton gets the start on defense last preseason game, plays well. He was Pro Football Focus's highest rated defender in the first preseason game. Uh, so it seems like he is really catching some people's eyes. had a really great camp so far. And then, and then like you touched on with Darius Shepard already, uh, catch the eye of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he is somebody that very early in camp, 
got time with the ones, even when Jamon Moore wasn't, uh, even when Alan Lazard and some of these other receivers weren't, like he was getting some, you know, early playing time with some of the starters on offense, which was interesting to see. And he has taken advantage of a lot of reps. He's had some drops. He has small hands. Um, it's not like he is going to be uh, the guy that is the quickest or the fastest. It's not like he is, uh, you know, constantly having massive separation. He's not going to have a huge catch radius for the quarterback, but guy just knows how to get open consistently. He's shown it time and time again, and uh, he's shown that he can punt return, kick return, and overall just a really strong camp from both of these players so far. Yeah, I agree. And the thing that we know with Rodgers is that if you're open, he's going to find you, and that's the guy he likes. So it's a really good thing that Darius Shepard is getting open and getting looks from from QB1. And also, again, like you mentioned, the special teams factor, that's how you're going to make the team, especially if you're not going to be, you know, starting every single rep. And and with Trevor Davis being out, he's taken advantage of his opportunities and he's really shined so far. Yeah. And if you're talking about, you know, undrafted free agents or, uh, you know, players who haven't made it trying to make the team exactly like you said, it's special teams. Actually, Curtis was on the podcast and we talked a little bit about that and he knew that he was going to have to cut his teeth on special teams. I think he's even ahead of where he was expecting to be at this point, because obviously he is showing that he might be somebody who can contribute on defense as well uh, from day one, which is crazy for an undrafted free agent here. We're only week two into the preseason and he's shown that much already. So uh, two exciting players and we'll see if this is, you know, undrafted players who uh, you know, are just back of the roster players or, or you know, they're neither. I, I think Curtis Bolton's a fairly, you know, safe lock at this point. Darius Shepard, certainly not, but both are trending in the right direction. And we'll see if they can parlay that into really, really strong football careers and actually be impact players. Or if they're just kind of back of the roster guys that end up getting turned over in a couple of years or things like that, but certainly a heck of a start for both of those players. And then Lily, the, the last person that I wanted to discuss, and you touched base again on him a little bit already. And that's Rashawn Gary. So we've we've run, and I and I'll say this very candidly, I've run the gamut as well on Rashawn Gary. Uh, you know, from from being somebody that I don't think a lot of people were expecting Green Bay to take at twelve. Uh, there was certainly that initial kind of level of shock, and then um, even myself and a lot of people went back, watched it closer, and could start to understand the pick a little bit more. Um, and then through the first couple weeks of camp, and, and make no mistake, he was legitimately the, one of the standouts at camp almost every single day for the first couple weeks, uh, consistently beating players and uh, just showed up day in and day out, good hustle, good heart. And then we get the two preseason games and it's been a little bit of an uneven showing from him uh, through the f- course of the first two games. That's not totally unexpected. This is a player that's learning a new position, that's getting into NFL games and who is still learning uh, to kind of find a path to the quarterback uh, and a, really a path around off offensive lineman Mike Smith and uh, as the uh, outside linebackers coach, as well as Darius Smith working with him on that very closely. But this is obviously somebody that exhibits a ton of talent, but is still trying to put everything together. What, what's your take on Rashawn Gary? And I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to interact with him much uh, in the locker room, but what's been your impression of him so far? He, I, I will say this though, he uh, is a very guy and that's what you want out of your first round draft pick you want somebody who's confident in their abilities we kind of talked about where the media kind of talked about all the training he did in the offseason he's done 10 percent body fat he did training in the sand this guy's he's ready to go he's got a good motor he's caught the eye of mike petton he's caught the eye of all the guys that you want to catch the eyes of now it's just the question of can you translate what you're doing in practice at training camp to a real live action game and yes he hasn't been on the stat sheet but he's affected plays 
in other ways, if you're kind of pressuring the quarterback or whatnot, affecting the play, he's kind of been doing that, but it obviously hasn't shown up on the stat sheet. And he did mention this week, you know, he's like, you just got to be patient. I'm going to get there. Just, just be patient with me. And I think that's what fans have to kind of realize is that, yeah, your first round draft pick, they're not going to, they're not all going to be instant impact guys on the stat sheet, but they could get there. And that's the potential is there for Rashawn Gary. And the fact that he's getting a lot of reps with the ones is, I think, doing him a lot of wonders. And the thing is that we've seen him kind of go one-on-one with a lot of the guys on the offensive line. He's won their battles. Um, but I think he's going to get there. It might just take him a little bit of time. Like you mentioned, he's learning a different position. So I think he'll get there. Just fans have to be a little bit more patient. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And I think when you have somebody that exhibits, you know, just absolute freak athleticism, he shows up in practice. He, like you said, is doing everything that he can off the field to succeed at a massively high level. I mean, he is constantly working out. He is constantly calling players like Zadarius Smith, trying to pick their brains and get, you know, get better. I think it's a perfect situation for him to be in a, uh, you know, outside linebackers room that has Zadarius and Fackrell, guys who are, are, you know, have that workman mentality and have made their, uh, you know, kind of, you know, made their name in this career already by working hard and and having to put, uh, you know, that effort. In So I, I think he's in a really fantastic situation. I think Mike Smith's a fantastic outside linebackers coach. I, I just have a really tough time seeing a situation in which Rashawn Gary doesn't become at minimum a pretty darn good NFL player. And I think he's going to have a, a big impact even on this season. It, it may not be, you know, what, you know, maybe we're expecting right away. Maybe he's not that, that flashy player that, that ends up collecting a bunch of sacks or things like that. But I do think he's going to make an impact on this team. Like you said, it's not always sacks. It's not even always pressures. Uh, he's set the edge. Well, he, he, there's things he certainly needs to work on. And I think he He'd be the first person to tell you that, but I just think there's way too much to work with there uh, for him and, and and being in a perfect situation for him to fail. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's we want to see how all these new guys mesh with this defense in year two. And so who knows, maybe halfway through the season, it just clicks for him and he gets it and it's all the sacks are coming. We don't know, but the potential is there. And that's the exciting thing is that we know he can get there. It's just a matter of when he can get there. And I think as as a fan, you know, patience is the hardest thing with players. And, you know, Devontae Adams, it took until year three, and he's one of the best receivers in the league. You know, David Bakhtiari, if you go back to his rookie tape, he was very up and down as a rookie. He was not the David Bakhtiari that we know and love in his rookie season. And, you know, Clay Matthews, somebody noted this on Twitter today, his entire first preseason, Clay Matthews, had two tackles in his entire first preseason. So, you know, it takes time for these players to develop develop. Um, it's, we're not always going to have a situation, you know, where, you know, like Jair Alexander from a season ago, where he was just, you know, completely ready to go and was one of the best cornerbacks on the team from day one. That was awesome. And even Jair, you know, there were up and down moments a season ago and he still has a ways to go before he lives up to his potential. So patience is always the hardest, uh, but I think that he has shown more than enough so far uh, to justify why Green Bay liked him in the draft. And I, I still think there's a lot of upside there. Um, Lily, anything else at all that you wanted to discuss today? Well, let's see here. I don't know. Well, Andy, what do you think is going to happen with, uh, with Rogers if he doesn't get any playing time in the preseason? I know he only got seven snaps last year in the preseason and we're kind of like, well, you kind of need some more, even though you're a vet, but with a whole new offense, do you think that's going to affect him if he doesn't play at all this preseason? 
Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you have a quarterback in the preseason, it's just such a double-edged sword either way. Like, I, I think ideally you would at least like to have him get in the game and throw a couple quick passes, hand off a couple times. You know, of course, you don't want him necessarily to get hit. You don't want him necessarily to be in any precarious situations. And anytime you step on a football field, it's it's a precarious situation, period. But, I, I w- you know, at the same token, uh, you would hope that there's enough time in practice for him uh, to get, uh, you know, some of those things working. And, and, and really, there's just almost too much risk to put him in too much playing time in preseason. So let's say in a perfect situation, if he was 100% healthy, what was he probably going to play? Maybe like 25 snaps throughout preseason anyway. You know, do those 25 snaps, you know, affect him going into week one if he doesn't get them? Probably not, but you would ideally like to see him on the field just a little bit. Um, but I think I think the, the bigger... Um, you know, bigger concern I have is how much time of practice does he miss? Because like you said, this is a brand new offense. That is something that he is readily admitted that sometimes he feels like a rookie out there because he's learning new things every single day. So uh, I do think that this is a, a very important off season for Aaron Rodgers and, and him learning this off uh, offense. So I think the more that he can be out there, the better. So hopefully the, this back issue, even if it's super minor, which is what we're hoping at this point, it, it doesn't hold him out of practice too often. Yeah, and then we'll have to see tomorrow. I mean, he's day-to-day, but we'll see tomorrow if he's actually out there on the field at all. He wasn't out there at all today. Um, so I know kind of I know fans wanted to see him play in Canada, but at this point, it's looking very unlikely. But yeah, yeah I, I do agree. I do agree. All right, perfect. So why don't you tell us quickly about Green Bay Nation coming up this season? Yumi and Marcus are going to be back on Channel 5. I believe it's going to be uh, every Wednesday again. Is that correct? Yes, so Green Bay Nation will debut on September 11th. That's a hard date to forget. Um, But it'll debut on September 11th on a Wednesday at 6.30 on Local 5, Channel 5, WFRB. And then we will rerun the show Sundays at 10 a.m. So everyone make sure to tune in. It'll be a great time. I know we we built a lot of chemistry last year, I feel like, Andy. And so having you and Marcus back will be exciting. Um, we're going to try to do some different things this year, kind of, uh, zhuzh up the set and the graphics a little bit. So we're hoping for a, a little bit of a more updated, fresher Green Bay Nation that I'm excited about, but it's always fun to have you guys on because who knew you guys would be such naturals on television? I mean, it took me like 10 years, um, <laughs> you guys nailed it in like a week. I'm like, what the heck? I- um, I doubt very much it took you more than, you know, 10 minutes to nail it. But, uh, and I can guarantee you it took us more than that. At least me, I'll speak for myself. But no, it was, like you said, uh, certainly a lot of chemistry, certainly a lot of fun doing it last year. And uh, I know Marcus and myself are both super pumped to be doing it again this year. So excited for that. And and like you mentioned, make sure everyone to go out and check it out uh, every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. And uh, yeah, just super excited for it. Yeah, excited to have you guys on, and it'll be a great season. Hopefully a lot more positive things to talk about than last year, but we'll see. It, it, can, it can't be worse, right? It has to be, it has <laughs> well, to be significantly better. Knock I, it has on wood. To be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I will have to say, you know, you came to Green Bay covering the team, and then immediately they have two losing seasons in a row. Oh, so, I know, uh, it's, it's my fault. My first year here, Jordy tore his ACL, and the rest is history. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's been a little bit longer, obviously. But, yeah, so the, the, everything, uh, you know, so we're this is it, Lily. The, the whole season's on the line uh, <laughs> you know, this year with you. So I'm just totally messing with you. But, uh, like I said, super excited to be doing Green Bay Nation. It's going to be an awesome year. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really loved it. It was fun. 
Awesome. Like I said, always one of our favorite guests, and we'll make sure to do it again in the future. But I will see you soon on Green Bay Nation. The last uh, couple things I wanted to mention quickly today. Unfortunately, uh, you know, th- these things happen from time to time. But uh, condolences to, to Cedric Benson, who passed away in a tragic motorcycle accident today. Uh, Benson actually played his last season in Green Bay, starting in five games and rushing for 248 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he passed away tragically at the age of 36 years old. So our thoughts and prayers to Cedric's family and friends in the wake of today's horrible news. Um, that will do it for us today. Make sure to check out Matt, Janelle, and Dan tomorrow for an all-new episode. A huge thank you again to Lily for joining me this evening. Make sure to follow her on Twitter at Lily S. Zhao. That's L-I-L-Y-S-Z-H-A-O. And watch her on WFRV Channel 5 here in Green Bay. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.